Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want you to go to James chapter 5 this morning. And I'm going to start preaching on something, probably continue on next Sunday. We'll, We'll see, but I'm pretty sure I won't get done today. I don't think I will. But let's go to James chapter 5. We'll begin there. And I am excited about what God is doing in the earth today. And you may just, you know, some people may just see the gloom and doom, but, you know, hey, our God is not done. He's not finished, praise God. And there's some good things coming. Amen? And James, and I I just, uh, I'm going to spend just a little bit of time today, then we're going to pray at the end of the service for what I'm preaching. I'm going to preach on spiritual rain. And then we're going to pray about it, all right? We're going to take some time to pray about it. There's some other things we want to pray about. But then next week, if, if the Lord, you know, it's all subject to change. I, I, but but, but if, if we go the way I feel, next week, uh, I'm going to lay hands on anybody that you just need a refreshing, a fresh rain in your life. Is that all right? So, so I'm just telling you, because be prepared. Come expecting. I said come expecting. Because the power will be here if, we, if we'll expect. The power will be here. And, you know, because we all need refreshing at times. Amen. And so uh, it, it's just part of, you know, living in this world. You've got to keep yourself refreshed and, and refilled, just like you have to keep your mind renewed. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of Christians that used to believe things that they don't believe any longer. Or they, they used to think things were wrong years ago that now they don't think are wrong any longer. But God hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. You say, well, we have to change, Pastor, don't you know we have to, we have to change with, uh, you know, the culture. Well, Paul called that being conformed to this world. He said we're to keep our minds renewed. And, you know, with all the, today, you know, I, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, it was a lot easier because, you know, I lived on a rock road with nobody around. I mean, when summer hit, I mean... <laughs> You know, you, you see, I mean, I saw my friends that lived close. You know, when we talk about close, close was two, two miles away. That was close. The closest house to us was a quarter mile away. Nobody else was on the road. And so we didn't have Facebook. Our Facebook was a three-party line. Some of you don't even know what that even is. We had a phone mounted on a wall. Well, you didn't mount your cell phone on the wall. We didn't have cell phones. And so if you wanted to know what was going on, you listened in on their conversation. And that was Facebook. All right, now somebody can take a shower and you know in 30 seconds. Hey, I took a shower today. We're all thrilled. Thanks for telling us. You know, because it's just, and you have to work at keeping your mind renewed because there's just so much information is available now to conform your mind. Really. You know, there's just so much. And, 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 and if you don't believe like somebody else believes today, they, because their, 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 their belief in their, is so shallow, it has no depth that all they can do is call you a name. They can't really have an intelligent conversation with you because they don't have any intelligence 
to have one with. And so, um, let's walk in love today. Praise God. I'm talking to myself. Anyway, praise the Lord, everybody. But we have to understand, you know, there's things like just you have to keep your mind renewed. Well, Paul talked about, you know, in Ephesians chapter 5 about being filled with the Spirit. And I'm not a Greek scholar. I study the languages, but I'm not a scholar. You know, I mean, I, I can, you know, I can't read Greek. Right? And see, sometimes some of you fill some stuff out. We can't read tongues either. Write it in English. Anyway, you know. I, I just don't, I, I, but, but yet at the same time, I can, I can, I've got studies. I've got study helps. I've got things that I can look at. I, I enjoy looking at what the Greek says about things and digging that out. And, you know, one of the things that Paul said when he said, be filled with the Spirit, he actually said, be being filled with the Spirit. In other words, it's a continual thing. You, you know, you have to have a continual uh, infilling of the Spirit of God. It's, and I know there's people argue with that, but, you know, my experience in life, and with other people, has found out some people, they're not as sharp always as they used to be. Well, if the Holy... You know, it's not like the Holy Spirit leaves you, but did anybody ever... Did anybody ever drink... Uh, when we were kids, we had... And they, they probably still have it. They, it was called uh, Nestle's Quick. You ever drink that? Now, what did you have to do if you let it set for a while? You had to stir it up, Right? Because the chocolate would settle to the bottom. Well, it wasn't the chocolate wasn't in there. It's just every it settled to the bottom, and that's what happens in our life sometimes. Is we allow all these natural things to uh, invade us, and the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us, but He's just settled to the bottom of our life. He's not at the forefront, and so there has to be some stirring up. And that's why Paul told Timothy, he says, "Stir up the gift of God." That's inside of you. So it's not like the Holy Spirit needs stirred up like, you know, he cooled off. It's us. It's us. Amen. Anybody drink coffee? Not very often. I heard some, ugh. And I saw some happy people. Hallelujah. Well, somebody said Starbucks is Christian's drug of choice, but whatever. I tell you what, I, here's what I know. I, 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 you know, I, I like, you know, I get coffee. I drink one, maybe one, one a day, usually. Usually not on Sunday because I don't do it before I come to church. I don't have anything before I come to minister. And so I, um, I like to keep it warm. I like to keep it hot. You got to keep the fire under it. Amen. So, you know, I'll, I've got a little, uh, what do they call those things? They're round. Warmer. Thank you. And I set it on that and keep the thing warm because I like it. I like to keep it warm, you know. Well, I mean, if, if you just leave it to itself, it, it goes cold. And so that's the way it is with us. If we don't keep ourselves stirred up, we grow cold. So we got we to gotta stir things up. Amen. Now, find, did you find James? All right. We're talking about spiritual rain. Look at this. Verse 7. The Bible says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Boy, we are, aren't we? But he's still coming, right? You know, in your bulletin, it's got the coming events, some, some really great events coming, you know, like uh, Pastor Mark ministering, Pastor Chuck ministering, Pastor Jerry ministering. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
you know, Pastor Mike Baskett's coming, Pastor Chuck Eveline, Dr. Mark T. Barclay's coming, Evangelist Jody Cagle's coming, the Reverends Cam and Jessica Sheets are coming. You're going to love these people, man. I mean, God took them from like having nothing to, to being extremely blessed financially. And, and I mean, he, he really did something in their lives. But then there's one that I think tops all of these guest speakers, the return of our Lord Jesus. I mean, how many believe that we could, you know, we, I could probably step aside if he came? Or, or do you think we should say, now, wait a minute, Lord, I'm not done preaching. Wait a minute. Uh, delay your coming until this sermon's done. This is a masterpiece. Why are you so quiet? Because you all would go with Jesus. You wouldn't stick around for me to finish my sermon, right? How many know he's coming, right? Be patient, therefore, brother, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman. Remember, Jesus said the father's the husbandman. Remember the, remember the, uh, the uh, teaching on the vine and the branches Jesus said the father's the husbandman the husband means farmer and that's what your modern more modern translation will say the husband what's he waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and he has long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain so uh, just like a natural farmer is waiting waiting for rain so is the father waiting for rain be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. See, just like there's natural rain, just like the crops, you know, the farmer, he has to have rain. Uh, there's got to be spiritual rain. And the father, the husband's waiting for what's, what's, what's keeping the Lord from coming back right now. Well, the Bible tells us he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. So he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for the fullness of the harvest to come in. The Bible talks about the times of the Gentiles when it's completed. That's when it's going to change. That's when we're going to change things. See? But we're still in that, that dispensation of time where God is patiently waiting for the harvest to come in. But it's going to take some rain. Rain of the Spirit, say. Just like in the natural, it takes rain for the harvest to come in. It's going to take the rain of God's Spirit. So what we're going to talk about in this preaching, teaching, we're going to talk about our part in seeing that the rain falls. Right? It's not all God. It's not all us. It's us working together. Remember the Bible says we're co-laborers with God. We're co-laborers. If he did it all, then it all be done. If we did it all, it'd all be a mess. But working together, it's blessing. See, could God do it without us? I guess he could. He could do a lot of things, but he's chosen to do it a certain way. You know, like, for instance, I, I, I like this because, you know, people, people want to think that God, there are certain groups in, in the church that think God is like in charge of every little thing going on in the earth. And uh, they pull a few scriptures out, but they don't, you, you, know, when, you know, one of the things that you're taught when, you, when, you, when you're taught as a preacher, you should learn this, is you've got to learn, and this is a term, you won't know what it is, but I'll explain it. In theological terms, they call it, you've got to learn to exegesis the word, which means basically what Paul said. So let's just say the way Paul said it, you've got to rightly divide it. 
which means you just don't pull verses out. You leave them in the setting where they're at. Right? For instance, I told you I'm going to talk about how God uses women. There's, there are certain scriptures that if you just pull them out, it makes it look like God doesn't want women to say anything in church. But that's not what Paul's taught. You've got to read the whole thing. He's talking about the disorder at the services at Corinth. And some people even take that and say, see, God doesn't want you to use tongues. No, he didn't say don't speak in tongues. He said use it rightly. Right? So anyway, the, the, the reason I said that, what was the reason I said that? Where was I going? Well, if I don't know what I'm preaching, you certainly don't know. Co-laborers. Thank you. That brought it right back to me. Thank you, brother. Co-laborers. And I was talking about how some people think that God is in charge of every little thing going on. I was sitting with a guy. I was preaching to a church, and I was sitting with a guy afterwards. And we were having like a, the preachers that were there, and all we were in the back room having a meal. They were feeding us, you know. Instead of trying to take us out to eat, they just their church served us a meal, which made it a lot easier. And so anyway, we were sitting there talking, and he, we were talking about the sovereignty of God, you know, how God is sovereign. But what you got to know is in his sovereignty, the Bible says that he gave man authority. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, you can take the scripture, the Lord sets in heavens, he does whatever he pleases. Well, that's true. He's already done what he pleased. He sent Jesus Christ and redeemed us. Yeah. Amen. And so he said, you know, he said some of these guys, which I'd never heard this, but he, he, he mentioned the, one of the gentlemen, and I didn't know, this, didn't know this gentleman. I don't know him personally, but knew his name and knew, knew some of his teachings and all. He said, this guy says God is so sovereign, he's so in charge that he says when my, me and my wife play cards, the cards I have in my hand, they're there because God wanted me to have them. And the cards my wife has in her hand, they're there because... God wanted her to have them. You know, I like to play cards. We like to play some with our preacher friends, a game called Phase 10. No, it's not poker. But I'm good at poker, so it'll never mess with me. I've got a lot of years behind my belt before I was saved playing it, all right? But we like to play. And obviously, God doesn't want me to win all that often. There's times I've, they find out he doesn't even know what he's going, what's going on. I mean, no, that's just, that's just foolishness. God gave you a will. He gave you the ability to choose. You can go to heaven or you can go to hell. Some of them can teach those that are saved. They're saved because that's what God wanted to save. The rest aren't, then they're not going to be saved because God's ordained. You know, how many know if that's true... Why would we even have the Great Commission? Why go preach the gospel to every creature? Oh, God gave us free wills. Now, does he know who's going to get saved and who doesn't? Well, yeah, he could know that, but he didn't determine it. He didn't determine it. We determine it. And then there are some people that believe that God has a specific day that you're going to die. You know, like if it's tomorrow and God knows it, you may not know it, but He knows that you, you know, and not, we know He could, we know He can know things, of course, He's all knowing, but that He specifically planned that you die. What is the date of today, 24th? That you die July 25th, 2022. But did you know the Bible says that you can lengthen your days or shorten your days? 
So if God was in control, how could you lengthen or shorten your days? But the book of Proverbs says, if you'll follow wisdom, it'll add many days to your life. If you'll follow God's word, it'll add many days to your life. But you can shorten your days. Yeah. You ever get in with somebody that they just don't know how to drive? And you think, I got to get out of here or I'm going to shorten my days. I'm not making this up. I was with a guy one time and me and another friend were with this guy. He was such a bad driver. It was terrible. We finally said, look, pull over. One of us is driving. And, you know, he said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. No, we're either going to walk or one of us is driving. And, you know, that guy would not pull over and let us drive, so he pulled over and let us out. So here, my friend, we're walking down the road. I'm not making this up. We're walking down the highway, you know. He comes back and says, oh, come on, guys, get in. I said, one of us driving? No, keep going. I value my life more than my feet. I'll walk. We walked all the way. Well, we didn't walk all the way. We walked a little ways, and somebody picked us up and took us into town. You say, who was this person? Well, this is live stream. They don't go to church here. Amen. And no, it wasn't Greg Davis. Although there have been times. Now, what James said here, we've got to really understand that, that God is he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and he's having long patience for it. Just like a farmer, it's given an analogy of a farmer, but just like a farmer, he's waiting for it until, he rece- until it receives the early and the latter rain, until it gets rained on, and then the harvest comes to fruition and then God goes out and reaps the harvest and then he's coming back. Now, the Bible, listen to me now, the Bible at different times talks about God being Him coming to us like rain. Hosea chapter 6, verse 3. Look at that. Go there. Hosea 6, 3. That's in the Old Testament. It's right after the book of Daniel. Daniel and Hosea. Go there. I want you to see this is not just an isolated scripture, but it's in different places. It's in the book of Joel, chapter 2, where God said, I'll send you the former and the latter rain, you know, the, 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 the planting rain and then the harvest rain, you know, the, the former rain or the early rain, you might say, uh, would be like the rain that comes when it's time to, when you plant the seed and it waters the seed. And then right before harvest, there's a, what's called the uh, latter rain, which comes to bring the crops to completion. So you have a good harvest. So God uh, is, is, is going to send the rain in the time we're in to reap the harvest. Now, you got to know we're there now. Listen, if, if, you, know, if you study prof- prof- prophecy, uh, any at all, then you realize that the signs that the Bible gives, the signposts, we're seeing them all. The nations are aligning up for the last war. We're seeing alliances take place that weren't in place before, but they're all prophesied about in the book of Ezekiel chapter 38. 
It's all there. We see the signs of the times. And anybody you know, that is alert, how many of you are you're going to notice it? See, Jesus said it. He, he, I like what Jesus He said, uh, talking about the signs that he gave. You know, he gave signs. The uh, Holy Spirit gave signs. Jesus said, you know, there'd be earthquakes and famines and different things. He gave signs. And then the Holy Spirit gave signs and said, in the last days, some would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Well, we're seeing that in the church, aren't we? And then the Father gave signs. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Well, we, we saw that began in Acts chapter 2. But right, we're at the end of it now. I personally believe, you know, you, you don't have to believe this. I, I, don't, I don't know. If I, if I took time, I could probably prove it scripturally to you. But a personal belief of mine is the greatest rain, the greatest outpouring of the Spirit the earth has ever seen, we've yet to see it. We're going to see it. And I, I just really know that, you know, I believe we're there. Our world's broke. Do you know that? I mean, listen now. I'm not picking on anybody. Just, this is just straight out facts. If I just said this 20 years ago, everybody in America would have stood up and said, well, that's right. If you don't know what bathroom to go to, you're broke. You're broken. If you don't, there, there aren't 59 different identities. That's offensive today in America to say there's either male or female. That's offensive. No, it's just by it is it, listen, it's not only scriptural, it's it's biology. It's offensive to say men can't get pregnant. <laughs> well, you show me one and convince me. But you know what? Phyllis and I have been married for 30-some years, going on 40. My parents were married for 70 years, almost 70 years, and Dad never did get pregnant. <laughs> Mom did four times, but Dad just never did. It just never happened, and it never will happen. And if that's offensive, you're broken. You need fixed. Come to the church and let us fix you. Don't go to the world. That's where you got broke at. <laughs> Come here and get fixed. We'll tell you how God made this thing in the beginning. In the beginning, he made it male and female. And for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Amen. Because God made a male and female. Men, now if you're married, you've already found the love of your life. But if you're not married, you're male or female, look, God's got somebody out there for you. Don't settle for second best. Don't say I'm getting old and I, you know I gotta take any, I gotta stick my head out of home, grab first thing walks by. You know how old I am, Pastor. Come on. I mean, you're married. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, it's easy for you to preach this stuff. No, listen. The word, listen, listen. Let me just say this to you. You are far better being single than being married to the wrong one. Because hell will break loose upon thy plantation, your farm. 
You, 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 it, it's about, you say, well, but I'm 35. Well, you're still alive. Clock's ticking. Tick, tick. I'll be 36 next year. We know that. And so does God. It's just best just to just say, God, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. Believe, you, can, you mean you can believe God for a mate? Well, why not? He's the one that said, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. You know, I've seen this deal, you know, where people get in a hurry and they marry the wrong one and then they got hell on earth, you know. You don't want to do that. <laughs> Amen. Now, we have to understand that our world is broken and, it, and, and it's time for a great harvest of souls to take place. It's time for the rain to fall and fix this mess. Amen? And we got to have something for them when they come into the church. Listen to me, man. I'm telling you what. We, we, need, we need to have churches that are full of God's power again. I said churches that are full of God's power again. Not that just are polished and nice and got a good program going and put on a good show. We need power to fix broken people. And we certainly don't need to agree with their sin. See, you understand, a lot of people, they want to pick one issue and say, well, the church is against these type of people or this type of... Man, we are against sin, not people. There's a lot of things that are wrong that the Bible tells us not to do. Amen? Why? Because God, God knows what's best for us. He knows, he knows what will mess our lives up. And he wants us to live good lives. Same way you do with your kids. You don't let them do anything they want to do. Because you know it'll mess their life up. When I was growing up, mom put limits on us. Limiters. She tried to keep us healthy. Tried to feed us good. Gave us one-a-days. Every day. I hated those things. I remember every morning, man, before school, you come in there for breakfast, there's your table, there's your plate, there's your knife, there's your fork, there's your spoon, there's your glass, there's your one-a-day. I would take mine, when she wasn't looking, and drop it down the heat register. I figured years ago, if anybody ever replaced that furnace or ever tore that, and all those fell out, because I hated to take them. But mom was just looking out for our welfare. They didn't let us just do anything. They didn't let us just watch anything. Of course, there wasn't as much to filter in those days. We only had a couple stations or three. But if Leave It to Beaver got too racy, <laughs> mom would shut it off. Well, you know, we're in a world now that's just full of filth. And it's readily accessible. Your, 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 your five-year-olds can get a hold of it. They want to teach it to your five-year-olds. And if you're a parent and you find out about it, get down there and let your voice be heard loudly. Those are your kids. Don't give them to the world. Don't give them to the Philistines to raise them. They want to teach them these bad doctrines. You step up and say, no, you're not going to do it. And if enough of us do it, they don't have much of a choice. Matter of fact, why not run for a school board? Yeah, why not? 
well, I don't know how to run a school board. Well, neither do they. I'm sure you'll do a better job than that to know that kids at kindergarten don't need to be taught about sex, especially perverted sex. They don't even need to know about it yet. I'll figure it out when they're 12 or 13. I remember when I was shocked when I found out where babies come from. Are you kidding me? Who would do that? But it wasn't at kindergarten. They should, still, they should still be able to enjoy some innocence for some years. Right? We don't need to drop all this on them. They weren't wired to take it yet. They have to grow into that. We got so, so, such, such broken people. And we need the outpouring of the Spirit to come on the church and on the world. Not just our church, not just the United States church but all over the world, all over the world. Hallelujah. Amen. And so that's what James said. The father's waiting, man. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, and he's got long patience for it until he receives the early and latter rain. Look, I mean, oh, God's got a lot of patience, doesn't he? I mean, sometimes I think about myself, like, boy, God, you're patient. You know what I'm saying? I used to make fun of the Israelites, you know, because it took them 40 years to make an 11-day journey. They never didn't make it, really. They, but, you know, 40 years, you know, out there. The, and then here I've been serving God now for 40 years, and I think, man, some things, I think they almost made it in record time. Don't you act like you don't know what I'm talking about. There's some things maybe God's dealt with you about for years and years and years, and you, you got it. Now's the time to get it right. Amen? And I'm not just talking about sin, but, I mean, just things, just, just obedience and things. Amen. All right. Did you find Hosea? Let me read the scripture and we'll close right here. Hosea chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. How many of you got to follow on, right? You got to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come to us as the rain, as the latter, and the former rain under the earth. So God talking about coming to us as rain. Amen. As the latter and the former rain. Unto the earth. Well, what, what do we need rain for? Well, we just read it. We need rain to ripen the harvest. You know, God wants to heal. You know, the, most of the people that Jesus healed uh, and that he ministered to and that he delivered, a lot of those people, their lives were messed up. Right? I mean, they had physical issues, demonic issues, all kinds of issues. But some of those became Jesus' most faithful followers. I mean, Peter wasn't a perfect specimen himself. Right? He's the one that denied the Lord. He even cursed. Denied the Lord. And I mean, that doesn't mean what we think it means, but yet, still at the same time, curse means he, you know, he, he made an oath. If I know this man, may this happen to me, you know? And so forth. Well, Peter wasn't, but, but guess what? Peter was really, you know, he had, a lot of, he had a lot of natural courage, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's the one that took the Malchus's ear off when they came for Jesus. He had a lot of, but spiritual courage, he lacked it. But I'll tell you why. On the day of Pentecost, when the rain came, I said when the rain came, Peter was the one that stood up and preached and said, you crucified him. 
He's the one that they, 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 they took into prison. And he said, we, we got to, we'd rather obey God than man. Something happened to him when the Holy Ghost fell on him. He got something put inside of him. He got some courage put inside of him. He got some strength put inside of him. Hallelujah. And he was able to stand right in the faces of the leaders of those days and preach the truth. We need some of that today. I'm appalled sometimes at preachers on TV and can't even answer a simple question. Is this right or this wrong? If you don't know, you shouldn't even be preaching. And if you don't have the guts, then you shouldn't be preaching. Hollywood thinks it preach. You know, all the preachers that I run around with, they're not prissified, sissified people. They're men. You know, Hollywood wants to paint this picture of preachers, you know, like, like, you know, like, what was it, the John Wayne movie, the preacher was riding with them and the Indians come over the hill, you know, and I mean, there's just thousands. I mean, there's just a few of these guys and thousands of Indians come over the hill. And all the preacher can think to say is, Lord, thank you for that which we're about to receive. It's called massacre. But here's what I found out. The preachers I run with, they're the John Waynes. And that's really the truth about it. Oh, I know there's a lot of prissy preachers out there. But we need to grow a backbone. And when someone asks us, is this right or wrong, we ought to be able to tell them. Right. And we don't have to say, this is my opinion. You've got to just be smart like Jesus and let them argue with the Bible. Jesus said, have you never read? Have you never read? This is what the Word says. Have you never read? It's not what I think. It's, about how, it's what it says. It's what the Word says. Thank God for the rain. We didn't talk a whole lot about today, but thank God for the rain. We will, though. We're going to continue on talking about this because God wants to bring rain. I mean, it's raining, but He wants more rain. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.